Life will always bring you on a roller coaster ride. I'm navigating through each and every day and loving what is and what the future may hold. My past has given me amazing memories and untold stories, and at times feeling of worry and hardship, which I now see as part of my life journey. Remember, show up, and if you fail, that's okay. Tomorrow will bring a new day and new ideas. I've had the privilege to spend time and interview some amazing leaders over the years. As they share their stories of life and business, I find out what makes them the people they are. I'm honoured to share their stories with you. Are you being authentic and unique in everything you do or are you living a life that others expect of you? It's time to step up and shine. Be the real you, stir that great awakening inside and trust the process. Want to know how you can do this? Go to joedalton.ie forward slash discover. On this week's show, we have Nicola Connolly Byrne. Nicola gives clients the tools to empower themselves to live and work consciously, which enables them to become the best possible version of themselves. This leads to improved health, communication, relationships, and productivity in the workplace and home life. She helps change your mindset, allowing you to strive for a better quality of life, knowing that it's absolutely within your power to achieve it. If you would like to be a sponsor of Breakthrough Brands, please contact Joe at jdc.ie. Nicola, welcome to Breakthrough Brands. Thank you, Joe Dalton. You're very vocal. Yeah, I've been yeah, I've been told I'm very vocal. That's okay. In a positive way. Yeah. Uh you I see you popping up on more Facebook than, than LinkedIn. I think your home is Facebook. That's where the people who are interested in my work, where they have latched onto it more. However, the the traction on LinkedIn has changed recently. Because LinkedIn sometimes, from my perspective, can be a very stifled, ener- stifled energy in there. And it can be a little bit stiff upper lip and it can be a little bit fearful. That's because it's new and it's changing and people are sort and it's of testing business in inverted commas. What is, and, what is business? And there's an awful lot of fear in business. Yeah. I do remember posting something up on LinkedIn and, and someone coming back on this isn't Facebook. And I kind of I went, had the same comment, Joe. Yeah. And I kinda of, my attitude is why are you even bothering posting yeah. to tell me? Yeah. If you don't like it. Scroll. Scroll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd use a different word. But to, to finish off the point about LinkedIn, I don't change my posts for any of the social media. They're all the same across the board. Yeah, they're just, and they're just different, different audience. Because I have done that, the people who are into my work and are they're being exposed to it specifically through LinkedIn are starting to gravitate and are starting to interact and ask questions. And yeah, it's shifting. And that's the reason I asked you, because you just said that they're into your work. Yeah. You know, you don't like being called a coach. You yeah. don't like being called a motivator. I was upset, actually, because you know the way you have to choose your title on social media? Yeah. There's one of them that made me choose motivational speaker. Oh, Because was there it? was no other there option. Was no other, yeah. It's like when you're scrolling through and you want to pick something. They don't have my category here. I know, but yeah. listen, I'm fine. I'm, I'd be delighted when they don't have my category in in any form. Were you always a specialist in empowerment or... Where did your journey begin? Okay, well, I'm really glad you asked me that, actually. I didn't realise that I was always an empowerment specialist until a very good friend of mine contacted me 
it would be nearly three years ago. It was when the company just started to grow legs and things were really getting an awful lot of traction on social media. And she messaged me and she said, now, you know one of these friends that you might not see for two years, but when you see each other again, it just clicks back in and everything's fine. And Anne it is, and Anne Higgins, and she says, uh, Nick, I just want to let you know I'm really proud of you for the work that you're doing. I think you're amazing. And when you're on the Late Late Show, if anybody says, who's your one only just arriving on the scene, I'm going to tell them that you're doing this for as long as I can remember you. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I always say, you know, it's 10 years. It was an overnight success, but it took me 10 years to do it. Yeah, and people well, don't see, people only see you as today and they don't see the work and the sweat and the tears that went in for 10, 20 a lifetime, years or whatever. A lifetime, yeah. really. What were you doing before you were self-employed? Before I was self-employed, for the previous 10 years, I was a stay-at-home mammy, busier than I ever was in my whole entire life okay. and unpaid. Yeah, well, you were. Paid in love. Paid in love. Paid in sticky fingers. Yeah. Uh, prior to that then, I was the executive officer for political science in Trinity College. Okay. Uh, did that for about five years. That was great. Uh, previous to that, I launched Xbox in Asia for Microsoft. I was mm. part of the team who did that. Uh, previous to that, I was travelling. Travelled the world with my then fiancé. So, what were you like then when you were a teenager? I'm trying to get a hold on who you are now and who you were when you were a teenager because whoever you were when you were a teenager has created the person yeah. you are now today. Well, I, when I was a teenager, I would have been equally as vocal but maybe not as tactful. Okay. 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 Very much, like, don't even contemplate putting an injustice in front of me and expecting me not to address the issue. Even if it's, inverted commas, not my business. So if Opinionated. I... I was definitely opinionated back then. I choose my opinions yeah, very wisely and, and choose my battles very wisely now. But even still, don't put an injustice in front of me or something that's unfair or in, that's taking advantage of another person. Don't let me see that and expect me to keep my mouth closed because that's not going to happen. When? Okay. So you grown up, you were someone that always had a word to say about yeah, something growing for sure, up. You, for sure. you, you went then through your career and then your staying home mum which was helping you with the kids was there a stage then that you kind of went my kids now are growing up or my kids, the kids are never really grown up yeah. I, I'm done with this I need to try and go out and do something and yeah. what am I going to do yeah well I suppose uh, when I when I gave up my career in Trinity I studied as a Reiki master so it took me, like I took it really seriously. I did that over four years and I was practicing Reiki from home. And like, I didn't, I'll, I'll tell you exactly how the, the, this yeah. came to fruition. As my confidence grew in practicing Reiki, I started asking people questions. And then I started giving them tasks to do after they left my house. Because when you come for Reiki, um, you feel lovely when you're on the table and you feel lovely when you leave but you haven't had a conversation with anybody and you haven't had any solutions to your long-term problems. And I found that people were coming back. So when my confidence grew, I was giving people more tasks and asking them more questions. And I didn't realise I had done so much writing in my life. I started writing at seven. That I had created all of this now called toolbox 
tools that I used to get over challenges in my childhood and my teenage years, because I had a very challenging childhood, um, that I started sharing these with people organically without me even realising. So I put a bit more structure on it. And I remember the day that a girl came to me for Reiki and the arrow was up. There was a girl coming in behind her. Why Reiki? Because Je- my son Jamie was born very ill and I wa- he had a thing called laryngomalacia. It's very rare, only boys get it. And it's a difficulty in breathing. It's a floppy larynx. And we had to learn how to revive him when he was born and all the rest of it. But I wanted to learn about energy and how energy worked and how this could benefit him and me and our family. But I remember the day that that girl came and I was asking her that many questions and giving her that many tasks to do that the hour was up then. And I said, I'm mortified. I said, I'm really, really sorry. And she said, Nick, whatever that was, thanks very much. I'm absolutely delighted with that. So I was speaking to my own mentor, Mark Boyhand back then, and he said, well, you can't say you're practising Reiki when you're not. Now, he knew what he was doing. He was poking the bear yeah, and said, if you don't tell people that this is what you're doing, well, then you're being inauthentic. And if you're going to throw the word inauthentic in my face, me being one of the most authentic people you're ever going to encounter, he really did poke the bear and he threw the gauntlet down. It's interesting that you say that because that's one of my next questions that right. I wanted to ask you is when did you realise that you were being you? Yeah. Um, I suppose the day that I, like Mark instructed me, the next time somebody calls you, tell them that you're no longer practising Reiki and that this is what you're doing. Now, I didn't know what it was I was doing. I just knew I was doing something different. And I mean, ears were gone. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And anybody who knows me knows I don't use the words I can't. Yeah. So I had this in my head that I couldn't do it. Anyway, I did. And I was expecting the person to say, oh, no problem, I'll find somebody else to practice Reiki. And they said, uh, yeah, no problem, that's fine. You come really high, highly recommended, so I'll just take whatever's gone. And from that day forward, I stopped practicing Reiki. That's mad. And from the day that I announced what it was I was doing, there was an eight-week waiting list to come and see me. And what were you doing? Impairment. That's what I'm saying. You didn't have an answer. You didn't know yeah. what it was. So you were... You found... Would you say that you found your calling? hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah, because, you know, we we go through life and we battle through and we, we've spoke about this before, about the imposter syndrome. Yeah. And I know that there's an awful lot of people that will die... And they will never be themselves. Yeah, They'll they be die with their music in them. Yeah. And for you to step up, and as you said, you were on the phone there and you were terrified and you're going, what am I? And you you found your calling. What was the first couple of years that you're trying to find your feet? Were you, were you kind of going, OK, I'm doing this, but was the ego getting involved or was, you know, no. the, the bear in the background kind of going, yeah, you're doing this, but fucking hell, yes. Listen, when you said ego, I interpreted that of you saying, "Oh, I'm look, check me out, I'm amazing now." I didn't realize you were. I didn't realize you were referring to ego. Oh my God, what are you doing here? Mm. I absolutely experienced um, the. Oh my God, who do you think you are? Yeah. But I was, I was putting out there what I thought people would say about me, and I, I did actually a video about that when I started first. Um, I went back to where I was from and I recorded a, a, a live video about my fears about being accepted by the people where I'm from. 
you found your voice. I did. Really? And you found that your voice was your power? Yeah, 100%. But, but not power for me. Power to hand to other people for them to know that they have the power. You had an awakening. I surely did. And the awakening is the true self. Mm-hmm. And... W- did the Reiki make you have the awakening or set you on the journey? It was or part was of it, it. was part of it. It was part of it. Now, I remember years ago going to a fortune teller and it was at the time when I was reading a particular book and uh, I didn't, I, I knew what I wanted to do. I just didn't know how I was going to get there. And at the time it seemed really not attainable to me. It was something that only other people get to do which was help other people. I didn't know how I was going to be able to help other people. But I remember it was shortly after a bereavement in our family and I went to see this fortune teller and she was utterly amazing. It was like having a phone call with my grandmother. And she was really slow and really calm and she wrote everything down. And about 20 minutes in, she got this startled look across her face and she looked at me and she said, oh my God, Nicola, I've seen your future. And she said, there's microphones, there's people there's cameras and they're all there to hear you speaking. She said, you're going to shake up the world. You're going to change this country. I'm getting shivers down the back of my head even thinking of it, right? And I looked at her and I was going, that's nice. Mm. Not believing it. But she kept, you know, when somebody just keeps looking at you in a, in a real admiration kind of way, she kept looking at me. She, I still have the notes actually that she wrote. Um, but that was so unbelievably, unbelievable to me that she would say that at the time. But even if someone says to you, says that to you at the time and you walk away and go, OK, subconsciously, you could be setting that intention yourself. 100% you could. Yeah. But I buried that. And it was only about a year into doing what I was doing that I remembered, oh, my God. They were called the Two Sisters in Drogheda. I said, you remember I went to see the Two Sisters? And I took out the notes and I was like, oh, my God, what she said is after coming through. It's, it's mad because we forget, like I was going through old notebooks there and I found an old n- notebook. I was going to throw it out and I picked it up and there was some goals in it that I had wrote down yeah. or intentions. And I said, oh, what's this? And I found and I was reading some of the stuff that mm. I forgot yeah, that I'd yeah. wrote down. Yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, I've achieved that. I've achieved that. No, no, it's great. Yeah. It's um, a lovely feeling. Yeah. And I was kind of going, well, and then in the bin it went. We could, you know, but it was yeah. it's it's setting that intention, and then that intention then you know creates the deed, and there's that process in between it. But what what I'm trying to, we I said you're very vocal, and you're you know you're you're very positive, and you're 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 sharing your light, mm-hmm. if you want to call yeah. it a better word, with people. What's your message behind everything? Yeah. What is your message? My message is is that there's nothing that you've ever wanted in all your whole life that you cannot achieve. People are afraid to fill their boots, to shine their light, to offer their actual opinion. People are walking around fear and judgment constantly and living up to other people's expectations. But if you just tweak one or two things at a time in your life, you can start, I, I use always use the analogy of a ship. Are you on your ship in, st- in steerage with no sail up, just meandering around the ocean? Or are you taking control? Are you standing at the helm of that ship as the captain? 
And I always say that your sales are your confidence because you can steer wherever you want to go with actual real confidence, not bravado, but true self-belief. Yeah, I, I, I call it clarity. Mm. That if, if a lot of people flip-flop around and they use the boat is that you're heading up north and there's your compass. But people aren't clear in what they do and they end up in Australia. Mm-hmm. And that's life. Unless yeah. you... Once, take I, the reins. Take the reins. And if you have clear, crystal clarity on what you're doing and think it often, mm. it happens. But also, Joe, you have to couple that with not caring what other people think of you. Well, that's the whole thing. It's, it's, it is about what people, people perceive. They're worried about what other people will think mm. because they might think that people will think they're gobshites. Mm. And it's all to do with acceptance. Mm. I did a radio interview oh god it must be a year ago now and somebody that I didn't know was listening to me at the time and I said exactly what I just said to you and I said you know I had to remember that these people were not paying my mortgage that's how simple it was and off the back of me saying that the girl who was listening to me Barbara Frazzoni said that's it that's it I'm not caring about what other people think of me anymore and she said I finally copped on and after that interview, that girl launched her company, Copped On Media. Hmm. All you need is a glimmer of hope, an ounce of encouragement from somebody else and a bit of self-belief. So do you believe then that you are the person that holds that person's hand and gets them to cross the Rubicon? Well, this is I had this exact conversation with a fellow yesterday in my office. There was, there's a couple of changes that this chap is looking to make. And... Um, you know, I'm an empowerment specialist for like to help other people empower themselves. I'm not doing it for you. I've no magic wand. No, no. It's I said to him, I'll hold your hand and I'll jump with you, but I won't stand behind you and push you. No, you have to. You, you have to show them their own ideas mm-hmm. and get them to to believe that what mm-hmm. they're doing is right. Mm. For, and it's making them understand that if they have that gut feeling inside that's really strong, then mm. it's the right way to go. It's mm. not you going, you should do this. Why? Because that's the right way to go. And mm. they go, oh, OK, thanks for doing that. You have to kind of go, Does, is this resonating with you? For sure, for is, sure. Do you know, is this exciting? Have we, Have you nailed it on the head? Yeah. And they'll go... Have you nailed it on the head? And they'll go, yeah, yeah. And then it's moving forward on it. For sure. And also, Joe, some people want to do all of these amazing things with their life without changing. They don't want to make changes. And as I said to my client yesterday, you either want to change or you want to want to change. Which level are you at now? Stepping out of their comfort zone. You're an empowerment specialist. You help people make them make the right decisions. So you're not making decisions for them, you're all. helping them. Now, I sow a few seeds, Joe. Yeah, you plant the seeds on it, yeah. And that's where, that's where good coaches, good leaders come from. It's planting the seed and it's making the people then stand up for themselves and they know that you have their back. Mm. That's what it is. For sure. Yeah. But I'll give them action steps. I'll give them written work to do when they go home. Yeah. And I'll give yeah. them action steps to have achieved by the time they come back to me the next time. Who is your client? Well, Joe, wait till you hear this week. This week is a huge week for me because this week is the first week ever that I have had more male clients than female and that has never happened before. That's interesting. That's huge for me. Yeah. Because one of the major things that I wanted to achieve this year was to work with more male clients and I have the hashtag men are people too. That's why I started Warrior Men. 
So I used to, I still do warrior women. And I was like, the lads need this equally as the women do. So I started Warrior Men, which is just a, a, a male only. It's interesting. Do you think the lads, men, have been left out in the cold? Yeah. I do. I think there's huge expectations on guys that are just so unattain- unattainable, it's not even funny. Yeah, but being a man, I think women will turn up to more events than men. For sure, absolutely. When I, when I ran, a f- when I had my own fitness studio, there was more women in it than men. Yeah. Women are willing to learn and take the chance to find yeah. curious, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Are guys fearful of going to events or going to somewhere because they think that they're not, it won't make them men? Well, it's a whole, um, I remember years ago, somebody saying to my son when he was crying, he was about five, uh, suck it up, be a, be a, be a big boy. Yeah, the old, yeah. Archetype. You know, and I had to pull that person aside and say, his emotions are so important and each of them are equally as important as the next. So don't try and clog that up for him. If that child needs to cry because he's upset about something, he needs to cry. Now, he wasn't having a tantrum. It's the energy. It's like yeah. when you're three-year-old or four-year-old he wasn't having it. a He wasn't having a tantrum because you've seen me in operation with my kids. I'm a strict enough parent. Um, don't tolerate too much madness. But I, I will definitely accommodate every emotion that is on the spectrum. But I think for, from a guy's point of view, there is the expectation of they should know better and they need to toughen up a little bit. And they're fearful of allowing themselves to become vulnerable. And it might be perceived as being weak when you ask for help. Yeah, because I get, you know, I, I'll get guys coming, more guys coming to maybe a sales training or I'll get them coming to a network, you know, a mastermind. But on there'll be other events and it'll be more women. And mm-hmm. I always kind of look at it in such a way, you know, guys can't be arsed. Or guys, they, women are, are, are the future. They really are. They're, women are the future in business. Do you mm-hmm. know, there's, we were talking this about this earlier on and there's a pendulum swinging. Mm-hmm. And women are you know, the better decision makers, the great decision makers for when they're doing the collective. They're bad decision makers when they're making it for themselves. Mm-hmm. But men seem to be not willing to step out of their own comfort zone mm. because they're content and happy of where they are. Yeah. Well, all I can say is is that one of my... I've done an awful lot of stuff in my life that I'm extremely proud of, Joe. but one of my proudest things that I've ever created is Warrior Men because the amount of uh, courage at that table and leaning in and allowing themselves to be vulnerable and speaking so openly and honestly and the way they all have each other's backs now and there's a background group to that as well where they can speak to each other online um, I put that up on a complimentary basis because when I started my own spiritual journey I was very isolated, there was no internet back then Joe, mm. uh, so it was just me and the books and me pen and me pad but I always, I pride myself on not leaving anybody on their own to continue their journey that I create spaces, tribes of people where they can continue on together. It's interesting because at events that I spoke at before, I always ask a question, who here is religious and no one puts up their hands? And I ask people who are spiritual Mm. and 40% might put up their hand. Mm. And then I ask them who meditates and about 60% will put up their hand. Mm. And I kind of look at that and if I was to ask that question, 
10 years ago, mm. you'd be looked at, what the hell is going on? I, I sometimes am cautious when I use the word spirituality for that exact reason, because I grew up in a time where, God, did I actually just say that? I grew up in a time. Uh, I grew up in a time where, you know, I would have been classed as a white witch. Like, my father used to call me the white witch. Born to the stake. You know, because I was into spirituality and I was into personal empowerment and I was into personal development and people just thought it was weird. Yeah, but here's it's like um, Declan Coyle. Yeah. That's the Green Platform. Love Declan. Yeah, and Declan's book, The Green Platform, will will talk about all the different levels, but he never if he never mentions God, mm. but the book is all about religion, not religion, spirituality, spirituality, it. and with yourself as well. You're a spiritual person, but you don't mention any of that, and you don't give the whole. This, but what you're doing in is you're doing it in a unique way that's making people awaken themselves. Mm, well, what spirituality? For them on their own journey. What spirituality actually is for me is learning how to love yourself unconditionally. Yeah, it doesn't matter if someone is spiritual or they're an atheist. It doesn't matter. The same principles are the same. Why are you here? What is your purpose for being here? And if you are in this world and you're dead, you believe you die, you die. Why aren't you doing more? Mm, yeah. You know, that's the question. Why are you not living the life that you want to? Why are yeah. you still in this in this bubble. bubble on it? So you empower people. You you you've got more men than women. This week. This week. This it? week. This is huge for me. Congratulations. Thank you. And the pendulum will swing again. Yes. <laughs> on it. And and you're doing talks in organisations and you're part of the um, wellness crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so you're yeah. part of the wellness part crew. Part of the wellness crew, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you're going out and talking, doing events and everything as well. You said three years ago this sort of kicked off for you. Majorly. You've been majorly. You mm. would, how long were you doing it before that? My whole life. Your, ho- your whole life, but your business, you were Reiki two, three years before that. Yeah. And this kicked in three years. Where in the last three years have you kind of gone, oh, my God, now I'm going to the next level? Um, There's been all of these little itsy bitsy milestones. Like I remember two years ago having to get a website because I was so overwhelmed with my diary with the eight week waiting list that the phone wouldn't stop ringing. And I had to I was managing my own diary back then and sourcing, finding somebody to uh, to develop a website for me and get the diary put online that well, I had to pinch myself for that now yeah. that was huge that you know the milestone that was going to happen and then the next one was getting a PA mad stuff like you're mad Connolly has a PA come on now and then renting a room for as an office which it was a shared space but I had it on my own but somebody else would take it then when I was gone that was huge. Then getting my own office, Joe. Oh my God. I still pinch myself going in there because it's just a slice of heaven. Every time I put the key in the door, I'm expecting to see somebody else sitting at the desk, do you know? But that's mine. Yeah. I own yeah. that. It's interesting because I've gone backwards. I've got rid of the offices and I've got rid of everything and I now just, at home, you know, I have the computer and I have the room at home and I work out of that. Yeah. Well, like that's where I started. Yeah. But so that's, I've gone the other way. The, yeah, because... For me, I don't. It's, it's. I love it. Mm. I love it. And you know, I speak to my clients on the phones, or I speak to them through Zoom. Yeah. And I don't know how busy your it. household is, Joe, but 
when you have an eight week waiting list and you've that many amount of people come to see you every day, coming in and out of your home, when you have everybody's kids off yeah, the road see, in I your don't house. Get anyone to, I, I'm, I don't get anyone to, everything with me is virtual. Right, okay. Now, some of my clients are virtual, like my overseas clients would obviously would yeah, be well, virtual. It's, yeah, I, I don't meet people face to face. It's I um, prefer the face to face show. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm face to face. I use it as Zoom, my class Zoom is face to face. And I remember when Skype, going yes. back when Skype, and when you do a Skype video call, it was hello, hello, how are you, Grant? And there was this woodenness yeah. between the video. And now it's just normal. Yeah. It's just normal. Well, it's and normal for the likes of you and me and other people who use it, but some of my clients still would be like, what? Zoom? Video? Oh. Yeah, they find it. But but I think once they get, I think that's, it, it's evolving on and definitely, changing on it. Definitely is evolving. But I it. I love, you see, you have to remember you're a daddy and I'm a mammy. As in, it's very hard to work from home when you're a mom. Very hard to work from home when you're a mom. So getting out of the house to go to the office, um, there's less factors to try and control in that situation. My wife works from home as well, so the two of us work from home, and we have a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. My wife does more, but we do share yeah. on it. You know, in the mornings she'll head off to the gym, and I'll get the kids ready, or I'll put the kids to bed, and we'll 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 share yeah. share the household. But I, I, it's funny you said because home because I looked at it the other day, and I said, do you know we're actually with each other nearly all the time? Mm. I said we must have a good relationship. Yeah. If we're working together and we're in the same household working yeah, together sure. all the time. For sure, it. absolutely, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So your kids are still small. My kids are a bit older. Half the estate lives in my house. So okay. my front door is on a revolver. Okay, yeah. And the pot is always on. Yeah. So there's, I can't cook for four people. I can only cook for 24. Okay, yeah. So yeah. that kind of, that element. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, and it, that's when you needed to try and go, okay, yeah. I, I need it out on it. What is it you offer people? Do you do like a, is it a 12-week program or is it a two-year program? You hold their hands, you build their confidence up. What do you feel that makes you unique? Well, there's no other Nicola Connolly born and there's definitely nobody who will deliver a message the way I can. We all do it authentically. Yeah. 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 However, I think I do it a little bit more directly and maybe a little bit more edgy than other people I might say things that people would go did she just say that but then I get emails 20 times a week saying Nicola you're a breath of fresh air thank god you said that everybody in the room was thinking it you were the only one who said it because you see it as it is well as I just said I say what I see yeah yeah. and when you say what you see it'll set you free I don't hold anything in my heart when I'm going to sleep because I've said everything that I've needed to say there's a time when you have to forgive other people yeah and forgive yourself. Oh yeah, huge. Yeah, and it, it's part of the process. So even though you are now comfortable saying what you want to say, mm. there was a time that you had to forgive all those people that hurt you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And once, I think by forgiving those people and forgiving yourself sets you free. Well, people get confused about forgiveness quite a lot. Mm. And people would speak to me a lot in my office and in the workshops about forgiveness. And people would say, oh, I can't forgive them. It was too big. It was too hard. It was too sore. It was too deep. Can't, can't forgive them. But people forget that forgiveness is not about the person who issued the hurt. They still could be toxic. Mm. You can forget. Mm. So it's not about them. It's about you. It's about you letting it go. Because if you're not forgiving somebody, 
It's like drinking poison and hoping the other person's going to die. You're holding all that madness on the inside of your body. And they're skipping down the street. They're not even thinking about you now. So just, and another thing that people get confused about forgiveness is, is that when you forgive somebody, it doesn't mean that you have to spend time with them. It doesn't mean you have to ask them out for dinner on a Sunday. It doesn't mean that you have to contact them ever again. Mm -hmm. You can forgive people, wholeheartedly forgive people now. Don't hand it over and pull it back. Hand it over and let it go. You can wholeheartedly forgive somebody and don't hold them in your life ever again. Yeah. And I've had to do that once or twice. I think we all have to do that. Mm. And that's protection. That's where boundaries come in. Yeah. It's, and that's my second favourite word. Yeah. The forgiveness and then forgiving yourself for all those other people that you might have felt that you hurt mm. along along your way mm. as well. Oh, I remember doing that process a couple of years ago. Yeah. Because uh, as I say to an awful lot of my clients, did you not all get the memo that I'm perfect? <laughs> did you not all get the memo that I'm perfect? Yeah, yeah. I described the old me. Because there was a point in my life when I did think I was perfect. I did think I was infallible. And I didn't think I made any mistakes. Because it was my way or no way. And that's the end of it. So I, I was that soldier. And I will never forget the first... Because I never apologised to my husband. Ever. And I remember the first time that I apologised to him when I was out of order. I remember having the realisation that I actually am putting myself under so much pressure to try and be perfect that I'm making myself sick. And I was making myself sick at the time. So when I realised that I was infallible and that I had made mistakes and that I had hurt people and that sometimes I did have a razor tongue, I did a list of those people that I had hurt and I went and I apologised to every single one of them. Was it difficult? Hell yeah. Was I mortified? Yes, I was. But when the process was over, it was like having a wash on the inside. I felt so cleansed and so clean and lighter and freer and all them things. But I'll never forget Neil Bourne's face when I apologised to him. He literally, he says to me, are you dying? And I was like, no. But the poor chap nearly needed a portable shocker. He couldn't believe it. He was like, what have I done wrong that you are apologising to me? Yeah, that's literally what you just did is what he just did. Looking around going, when is Jeremy Beadle going to walk around the corner here? I think it was more childhood thing and me trying to control situations maybe. Would you class yourself as humble? Now I am. Yeah. Yeah, because you've gone through the process. Now I am. Yeah. Gratitude. It's one of the big things that you speak about as oh, yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Constantly, like, I'm, if, you, if you don't have gratitude, you can't experience joy. And that's direct quote from Brené Brown. Um, I'm constantly dishing out gratitude every day of the week. To the point with my family where they're probably sick of listening to me and they've probably turned off at this stage. But I still struggle sometimes when people are exceptionally kind to me. I still struggle with that a little bit. I think most Irish people do, don't they? We all suffer from that when someone gave you a compliment. It was gone. Now, if someone gives me a compliment, I'm thank you. Oh, yeah. yeah well, yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, just that in the back of the mind going, do I deserve that? Mm, yeah. I'm talking about big things. that pe- pe- Joe, people do really incredible things for me. Like, people do incredibly kind things for me behind the scenes. And when, when people express that much love towards me sometimes I I find it hard to fully accept it now I'm getting much better at it this year I've been excellent at it I've been really good at that this year so much you've been telling people to do things for you and don't tell you no 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 not at all (laughs) I'm so excited that you're going to do this here's the list (laughs) no not at all not at all you're a brat Um, but no that's one of the like when I'm working with one to one clients one of the first things that I'll do is help them establish a really solid morning routine is to start the day off 
at a really high octane energy level. And one of them is putting gratitude into their life. See, see, there's the thing. You know, if we talk about gratitude and being humble and we talk about, you know, living in the now and focusing. And if you were to get all these tools that we to do, mm. you can't do them all. You can't do them all, but you can do some of them. You can do some of them. You know, but then there's the next level. Mm. And f- what I believe is the next level, correct me if I'm wrong, it's not doing the gratitude and it's not doing, you know, all these tools. It's just being. Well, I'm glad you said that because this the, that can't be a, a task to get over in the morning. You have to live it. You have to live a life of high vibration energy, live a life of gratitude, live a life of service. I've always lived a life of service. Um, and it gets pointed out to me all the time that I'm constantly, like if I'm reading a book, I might be only a chapter in. And before I go even for, any further, I'll photograph it and send it to 50 people that I know it will affect positively. Or um, a video that I might watch. I'm constantly thinking about how can this positively impact? If it's impacting me this way, I know it can impact other people. Well, there's a difference with business is when you stop doing business for money. Yeah. People, people find it very hard to get ahead around yeah. this until it happens. Yes, for sure. When you stop doing it for money and you stop doing it for yourself, but you're doing it to help other people, mm. there is a magic that happens mm. that then you're rewarded in such a way for helping people. But you can't lose sight of what you're doing because if you then think oh, I'm doing this to help people, you you yeah. you flip back into for that, sure, hundred percent. Couldn't agree with you more. And it stops. Couldn't agree with you more on it. So even though you're helping the people and you're humble and you're getting them to do all the exercise, it's it's about being. And the re the reason because I I I don't wake up in the morning and I open the curtains and go I'm grateful for the sun and I'm grateful for that and I'm grateful for the chair that I'm sitting on and I'm grateful for my head. And I'm grating for my shoes. I don't do any of that anymore. Okay. I don't walk down and go, oh, this. And I might meditate for 10 seconds or 10 minutes or I walk, meditate. Or mm, mm. I, I don't do any of the practices. Okay. But you're just living the life. But I'm being. Mm. I'm, I, live, I live internally. Mm. So I don't fear. I don't worry. I don't have doubt. I mm. don't suffer from anxiety. Mm. You've used the word suffer twice now. Yeah, because I used to. Okay. And, but what I'm getting at is that I'm happy. Yeah, I'm good. I'm content. Good. You're in flow. I'm in flow. And it's getting better and better all the time. Lovely, you've hit the sweet spot. So the people that you bring across, do they get to that level of just being? The people that I'm helping? Yeah. Oh, surely they do. Oh, surely they do. I have, like, there's certain clients of mine where the student has now become the teacher. And that's like winning the Euro Millions to me. There's a girl called Sue Masterson. I know you know that name. Because you'll see her a lot on social media lately. And she has started this page called Miss Positively Positive. And she is now positively inspiring other people on social media. And when I see her doing stuff like that, or for example, Carmel Egan, why don't you take your workshop to Galway? Because I don't have a big following in Galway, Carmel. Are you operating in your comfort zone, Nicola? Let me think about that, Carmel. Yes, I am. Nicola, you have no business in operating in your comfort zone if you're teaching the rest of us to operate outside our comfort zone. <laughs> That's correct, Carmel. Now I'm going to have to walk the walk and talk the talk. Hence why now the workshop is going outside Dublin. Am I outside my comfort zone? 
hell yeah, has to be done. I have to talk the talk you and walk the walk. You don't seem like a person that would, that would step outside. No, that wouldn't have an issue with stepping outside their comfort zone. I push myself daily to make sure that I am uncomfortable because you don't grow in your comfort. You only grow in discomfort. So I'll put myself in situations whereby I know I'm going to be uncomfortable or I'll push myself that little bit further. But I never thought for a second of taking the workshop outside of Dublin because I was I, I just I didn't even think that far. I was like, that's where the following is. That's where I'll stay. That's where I'll put it on. But Carmel pointed it out perfectly. I want to get this work to the maximum amount of people in Ireland, right? I wanted to go further than Ireland. I want the work that we do, and I don't say I do, that we do together because you support me, Amanda supports me, Susan supports me, Carmen supports the whole lot of them, the whole tribe, Antoinette, everybody. This is our work. This is our platform. This is our company. And we have a moral obligation to spread that far and wide because if we don't do this work, people will suffer. Yeah, and that's why we're bringing the event to Galway and Limerick and Cork. We're yeah. going to do one a month everywhere. Brilliant. But but what what I'm trying to get at is that the two things that's coming up. One is you step into your comfort zone, push yourself every day. Is that a case of where you push yourself so far that you might get stress? Because sometimes, you no, know, do, do, do you know what yeah, I'm Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, not yeah. anymore. Listen, I used to be an, a stress monster. I operated at the stress level all the time because that was my benchmark. It was how it was reared. I didn't know any other way until I started doing this work and researching and understanding. Um, And it's so funny now that that was my norm years ago. But when I, because I still experience stress sometimes, but when I experience stress now, it feels so weird to me. Like it's such a weird feeling to be in my body when I experience stress and I'm like, oh, that has to go because your body's talking to you all the time and I listen to my body constantly. I'm constantly talking to my body. Well, we are subconsciously anyway without us realising. Some people are, not everybody. Like people would come to me and say, I have this terrible pain in my chest and I'm like, but, but your body is trying to tell you that you're doing something that's not in alignment with your values here. So we need to look at how you're operating outside your value system in order to make that pain go away. Because that's an emotional pain. And every emotion, unresolved emotional like issue... sore throat that you get before something or... Yeah, yeah. Don't even get me started about the sore throat, Lark. Uh, the, the physical, the, the emotional pain, if it's unresolved for a long period of time, is going to manifest itself in a physical form. Yes, yeah. Fact. And when I say that to people, they're like, huh? So pushing yourself out of your comfort zone every day, you've learned not to affect you in, uh, to, with stress on it. No. But you're right as well that the message that you're giving is important because people need to hear it. Yeah. Because it's the only way that they will change their lives. 100%. As well on it. But the, everything that's happened with this business, Joe, has been so organic. Like, I didn't plan any of it. I've just been asked to do things and I just keep saying yes. So, you know, speaking in businesses... My first business client was Electric Ireland. Are you actually kidding me? They rang me. I'm like, no, I normally pay you. What's the story mm. with that? Um, doing the one-to-ones, doing them with kids, speaking in schools. Like it's. Do you think that's all through Facebook? It's now because you're very vocal on Facebook and you pop up videos all the time and it's it's oozes with positivity. It's partially Facebook, but every single piece of business I've ever gotten, Joe, has been through a recommendation. It's because we use. You know, we use social media 
as our platforms to reach out to people mm. and social media could be the damage that's causing the people it could be giving doing damage that's why people are coming to speak to us well so is that let me just yeah let me give you a little tweak on that okay i hear people sometimes saying oh social media is so negative oh social all you see is bad news on social media when i turn on my social media feathers rainbows and unicorns come through my phone because i wouldn't why would i follow somebody who spewing negativity that's a choice yeah so you need to either defriend unfollow or block whoever you are choosing to allow come through a portal into your home and your brain and your mind that's negatively impacting you and you're going to continue yes. to let that happen you kidding me what's the future for you oh joe it's so exciting it's so exciting um the future holds definitely speaking overseas you know i want to i want to get as many workshops out there in ireland as possible uh, going on tour for the very first time this September from September to November so we're doing Dublin Galway Cork Kilkenny and Belfast um, when I was on holiday I met a girl who is very high up in the NHS and HR and she has 10,000 people that she needs to touch and I told her that I'll help her do that uh, so yeah I'd like to speak overseas um, we're already have the bones of an online course now I have um, private membership groups that are online but I'm I'm in the process of being able to package an online course where people go, go off and do it on their own time and then if they want to come in the back door to the private membership group that they can um, speaking more in schools for sure definitely Um just keep talking to the maximum amount of people that I keep can. Talking. Just keep talking. We'll come to the end. Yeah. What's the best piece of advice that you can offer our audience? The best piece of advice that I can offer your audience is to know that there's only ever two emotions. There's only ever love and fear. The majority of times people are operating from a space of fear because they're fear and judgment. They're fearing what other people are going to think. They're fearing stepping, you know, not wearing beige anymore and wearing pink. Like, just fill your boots. Fill your boots, lean in, shine your light, sing your song, talk to whoever will listen to you if you're saying something of value. But stop caring what other people think and live the life that you are sent here to live. You know, I've been to way too many funerals, Joe. We're here for a very, very short time. We need to die with our music out in the world and think about what your legacy is. What are you handing over? What will your eulogy say? Yeah, yeah. You know, what will people say about you when you're in that box in the church or in a field or wherever? As I say, it's stop figuring out who you are and start working on who the person you want to become. Yeah, 100%. What book would you recommend? Well, I was kind of alluding to this earlier on. You were. Uh, For people who, it's probably a difficult book to start off on if you're only starting on your spiritual journey. But if you're a little bit into your spiritual journey and you want to find out what your purpose is, I would recommend The Seat of the Soul by Gary Zukav. Because when I read that book, it, it speaks about your personality meeting your purpose or your passion. And I knew what my personality was and I knew what my passion was, but I didn't know how to merge that and the universe just aligned for me and it happened really organically. So I am so grateful for that. But uh, yeah, The Seat of the Soul by Gary Zukav. When you're starting your person, your, your personal development journey, your spiritual journey, I would recommend The Four Agreements. Okay. Okay. 
that's that's take a notepad lads get a notepad and don't read a book without taking notes what's the story with that why do people do that Joe I don't understand because you want to just get through them yeah but a book shouldn't be that it depends what 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 the book is yeah well if you're doing personal development I always say to people it's like tumbleweed the book will come and go you're stopping and yeah yeah. you know but you need to be documenting if when you get that feeling in your stomach of oh that's interesting never heard that before and it speaks to you write that down that's it I have tons of notes everywhere journals and journals yeah yeah here's your sister where can people find you www.iampositivemindset.ie and every single possible form of social media I'm on it hashtag oh as in yeah Twitter Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn do you have a hashtag I am P- I am positive mindset yeah yeah on it. and on LinkedIn Nicola E. Keneal of Rain, the Irish version of my name Twitter everywhere you're yeah on it. email address if someone wants to drop you an email Nicola at I am positive mindset it's so simple Joe I know it is it is indeed what song would you like us to play it with? I would like you to play the song that gave me the inspiration for my workshops, which is Unconditionally by Katy Perry. Nicola, thank you for coming on to Break Two Brands. Pleasure.